Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Cinema Nerd Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods. I am here with my good friend Dylan Shore, and we are, neither of us have nothing to lose. That's terrible, but Dylan's probably better at talking than I am, so why don't you do that for a while? <laughs> I mean, hey, man, we definitely have nothing to lose in doing this podcast. That's the for real truth. Yes. Uh, nothing to lose. 1997 uh, buddy comedy movie with uh, Tim Robbins and Martin Lawrence, written and directed by Steve Odekirk, who is famous for a movie that I people love but i do not care for oh what movie kung pao enter the fist is that the like the weird dubby one yeah i like that one (laughs) (laughs) that that is steve odekirk as well like that main guy of course it is yeah yeah he's uh the security guard in this movie that like dances that and explains why that's an extended sequence. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I have some notes. Well, um, before we also, get there. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you got any other movies that you want to talk about? I only want to talk about a couple. Okay. They are... Oh, um, Tag? You're in... Tag. Tag. The movie's called Tag. Tag. It's about the game Tag. And the yes. Wall Street Journal article that was written yes. about it and the long standing. Anyways, that movie's like not great, but it's just, fun. It's so far from terrible. And it does one of my favorite bits, which is glass behaving like glass in the real world, where John Hamm throws the chair at the window and just gets leveled by the chair bouncing back at him <laughs> it's so uh, fucking funny yes no, tag is a lot of fun i like it uh, you know solid play to tag and yeah, then i'm saying it's like a great movie but it's a fun hour and 40 minutes it's just dudes playing tag and you mainly like all i like all those actors in that movie definitely yeah and it's a you know lighthearted romp it's a whole ass blast you know plus yep. uh isla fisher's in there acting crazy as hell that's yeah at, at the end at the hospital where she goes crazy. <laughs> are they at the hospital when she does it yeah she, just, she gets her turn to be yeah and tackles the hell out of old boy <laughs> yeah what a blast so i like tag i, I like tag i like tag you know what yeah. dylan i like tag i like tag too man A movie I really don't know how to feel about is Meet Dave. Meet Dave. You are joking. Have you ever met Dave? Um, I remember catching scenes of that movie when I first started working at a movie theater. Um, Wow. Meet Dave, huh? How'd that feel? Weird. It felt weird, man. Because it's full of so many people that I really, really like. Uh Uh-huh. Some stuff is kind of working. Like the physical humor is obviously pretty good. Eddie Murphy trying to learn how to walk is a delight. And then it's just not a very good movie at all. But I wish it was. You know uh, who directed that movie? Tell me who. Brian Robbins, who made uh, Varsity Blues and good burger and ready to rumble and hardball 
and uh, Norbit. <laughs> uh, yes, he is now actually like the head of Nickelodeon. Uh, my roommate, Taylor, his very good friend, this is his uncle. And um, oh, wow. Yeah, this guy's uh, got a whole heap of movies that uh, I do not care for. <laughs> He, he's got two movies that I sincerely love and one movie that I, I mean, maybe even two movies that I think are borderline great. You know, Varsity Blues is like peak schlock, but Good Burger fucking rules in Classic. every phase. Classic. Uh, I was going to say, Good Burger's amazing. Varsity Blues, I love. Ready to Rumble, I love as well. And Hardball. Those, those four, I like. Uh, the Perfect, oh, I didn't realize he did The Perfect Score as well. I actually remember liking that, but have not seen it since it first came out. I think Hardball's, you know, in the pocket. It accomplishes its goals. You know, yeah. it does the things it's supposed to do, and it does them pretty, pretty darn well. Absolutely. Right on. So that's uh, all I've got for me and uh, <laughs> Brian Robinson's brief uh, but impactful career. What have you yeah. been watching, fellow? Um, I watched a Netflix movie called Worth with Michael Keaton and Stanley Tucci. Uh, and it's, I'm blanking on the woman's name that directed it. One sec. He keeps playing with this damn ball and that's all I'm hearing. <laughs> Cats will uh, ruin any podcast or up the star rating potentially. True. Um, you know, people love fucking cats. <laughs> it's the internet after all. Um, so yes, Worth, it's written and directed by, I'm blanking on her name, but she also made the Netflix movie called The Kindergarten Teacher with um, Maggie Gyllenhaal, where she kind of kidnaps this prodigy kid who can write poetry really well. Great movie, loved it, loved that one. And Worth is, Worth is really good. It just lags a little bit, but it's the true story of the lawyer that had to come up with the plan for the US Treasury to uh, put out funds for 9-11 victims and it's just a very well detailed account of a movie and Stanley Tucci and Keaton give crazy good Keaton especially is actually putting on a performance like he's got a whole accent going on and get just a killer job it lags a little bit in the middle but all in all it's a pretty solid detail telling of what this guy had to do yeah you're Reeling me in with the Tucci and Keaton. I mean, that's in yeah. my heart of hearts. <laughs> but the detailed account of paying insurance claims to 9-11 victims sounds... I mean, it doesn't go into like the insurance policies and what they're <laughs> calling all of that. It's about the people he has to interview and what they've gone through. And they're just all real accounts about real people and Keaton does a very good job and Tucci is the guy that uh he lost his wife in the North Tower and hates what Michael Keaton's character is doing he thinks he's just trying to uh like put the people away like take some money and shut up about it but it's like through the struggle of like him befriending this guy and learning that's not what he's trying to do this guy helps get everyone else on Keaton's side to get these funds appropriated to them Hurrah! Yeah. Um, and then ah, I watched 
You can't blame that on the cat, dude. I saw that. No, no, no. That was me. That was absolutely (laughs) me. Uh, Then I watched Stillwater, uh, Matt Damon's newest one. Oh, okay. How is that? Um, It's all right. I I really like its ending. That's the best part about the movie, but it's way too long to get to that moment. (laughs) Okay. Um, But it's like... it is it is really long, but it's also not a hard watch. Like it, it was a very easy watch. Um, Most Damon, Matt Damon movies, right? He's he's yeah. a pretty watchable movie star. He's he absolutely makes movie star movies, and he's giving a really good performance in this. And so is Abigail Breslin, Breslin, but she doesn't. She has certain scenes where she's not on par with Matt Damon, and she has other scenes where she does. And I was just like huh that's so crazy i wonder what the hmm. um, um what was so different about it but um it's still it's i wonder if at a, ending i wonder if at a certain point it's just like literal decades of experience you know matt damon's been at it since the 90s and <laughs> he's, she's been he's at not, it since the early 2000s <laughs> yeah i guess fair enough yeah she has been at it man um but still different level of acting for sure um and then i watched a movie called french exit with michelle pfeiffer and lucas hedges okay uh they are this really wealthy family who are very odd and the money's run out and the husband's been dead for a long time and they have pretty much one option to sell off everything they have and move into a cheap apartment in paris and there's this weird like satirical level with like it's definitely a mixed bag of a movie and i can see why people are mixed on it but it's really funny to me there's a whole element of the the soul of her husband being reincarnated into their cat and so there's like <laughs> this whole seance scene where they summon up tracy letts who is the voice of the cat and i'm in in. oh yeah it's so ridiculous it's so funny and it's either you go with that level of it or you don't it just loses you (laughs) absolutely has to be a remake of a french film is it not i don't know i don't know it kind of sounds like it right it really does It, it like someone was describing a similar film to me recently but i i'd be really out on a limb trying to describe it myself but uh, uh, it's based uh, on a novel. Okay. Yeah, maybe that was the ticket. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I do highly recommend that one. Uh, okay. Especially Michelle Pfeiffer is crushing it, and I haven't seen her in like a, a probably a movie in quite a while, and just to see her come back is fucking great. She was really yeah. good. Michelle Pfeiffer, never bad. Mm-hmm. And then. American Cinematheque is back open. They, what? Uh, they uh, took over the Los Feliz 3 now. So that's their domain. They fucking live there. And uh, obviously they still do screenings at the Arrow and sure. the Egyptian, but the Egyptian's not, that hasn't been open since the pandemic. Okay. Uh, but uh, we went and saw a Wong Kar Wai film called... Uh, 2046 which i had seen the poster but i had never seen the movie and i thoroughly enjoyed it uh it's like this director just has such a visual imagery and uh it's such a treat to watch 
this is one of my least favorite of his but it's still worth a watch it is fucking gorgeous and plays with time in a weird way uh i can't recommend it enough but the reason why it was so great was because we're sitting there and the movie's about to start and the guy that runs american cinematech comes up on stage and is like um uh so our good friend paul made a movie and he sent us the trailer and we want to show you guys the trailer before it comes out anywhere else we're like fuck yeah okay and it's paul thomas anderson's new movie licorice pizza and uh that trailer just like it just was like hitting me i'm like oh my god there's so much info and they're not giving anything away oh my god what's going on bradley cooper's john peters what the fuck oh my god give me more of this i need it i need to see it and uh it's coming out here in la in november so i am fucking excited do it man also franklin leonard is a great twitter follower if you're into uh that uh situation he's definitely worth spending some time with fucking man um so yeah be looking out for the new PTA trailer, Licorice Pizza. That sounds uh, disgusting. It's a slang term for a vinyl. I. And it was also the name of a record store here in LA. That feels more appropriate. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's why it's called Licorice Pizza because of the chain <laughs> of stores. I, I'm pretty sure the chain of stores was mainly in the Valley too, which is where this story takes place. He do love the Valley. Yep. And the last one, which has a nothing to lose cast member. Okay. Irma P. Hall, who plays Martin Lawrence's mother. Yep. I rewatched Soul Food. <laughs> okay. No, you, you're, you've never been into Soul Food? I have literally never seen Soul Food. Oh, man. You're, you would be in for a treat. That's the one, huh? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good black melodrama it's just that's what it is man there's the stereotypes of it all there's the love there's the hate there's the craziness of black families like sarah (laughs) and i watch this movie all the time and she called me the other night and she goes she's like listening i'm like i hope she doesn't hear i'm watching soul food (laughs) and she goes are you watching soul food busted Uh, i do really love this movie i used to watch it a lot as a child too my sister was obsessed with it and so it's just a comforting movie it's sweet fair enough yeah i'm sure it is it has a Uh, wonderful reputation you're certainly not the only one that loves it yeah definitely (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so yeah that's all i've watched and now we can jump into nothing to lose i got nothing to lose i love the touchstone logo just want to say that right off the bat yes that's what i got (laughs) that's it that's my Uh, only note that good note very good note. Uh, i'm sure touched here touchstone would love hearing that you better believe it son um so this movie i love a lot uh i remember seeing this in theaters with my parents and we did a double feature of this and gi jane okay (laughs) do you remember the sort of like cultural impact of gi jane and what a big deal it was for demi moore to shave her head 
Mm-hmm. I do vaguely remember that. Yes, it I was remember, all over the place. I remember it being a huge part of the like yeah. press of that movie. Um, which I haven't watched GI Jane in a while. Maybe I should. Uh... Is it Ridley or Tony? It's Ridley. It might be. Yeah, I bet you're right. I think it's Ridley. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd be curious about that one actually. Maybe we can save that for later down the road. Maybe we can. I haven't seen it since 1997, apparently. Yeah. Um, so this movie, though, I think still kind of stands out. Like it's it's a very basic buddy comedy movie, but I think it has a lot of funny moments in it, especially because of Martin Lawrence. I'm a big yeah. Martin Lawrence guy, and I, I think too. he crushes this movie. There's so many funny lines from him. <laughs> He's the reason this movie is doing anything at all because the script is pretty flat and Tim Robbins doesn't quite know what to do with himself. And that's due to the script. Like whether Tim Robbins needs to be the smarmy asshole or the clownish buffoon, that it changes from scene to scene. It does, it does. And so it never gives him a chance to be high status enough to be undercut by the low status stuff that's coming at him and never gets him a chance to be like physically because the scene where he's like the the fire dance is pretty fucking funny there's there's another one also where he's he's his physical humor is not like the greatest oh the fist fight (laughs) where he like comes down with the (laughs) he hits him with an elbow (laughs) that's really funny yes i agree (laughs) but yeah it just it never quite finds a lane for me and then the movie itself like it's a road comedy for the first two-thirds which i'm actually kind of into Mm -hmm. and then when it switches to a heist film i it's a little jarring for me and you know it's that we already talked about it way up top but that sequence is long really breaking into the building yeah way too long and apparently it's because the security guard needs eight minutes to vamp the (laughs) jesus yeah let's see he dances to that one song for a solid minute and a half two minutes and then they and then he ends up it does like a cut and he's singing lonely girl yeah (laughs) and then it's just like okay he's still singing lonely girl yeah Okay, and Lonely Girl's finally over and he's out of the room. Jesus Christ, that was probably three and a half minutes of just a security guard. Highly consequential to the plot as well. Yes. You know, they're forced to stay in that building, man. Hey, that's raising the stakes. I mean, to me, Steve Odekirk is most famous for sounding like he's vaguely related to Bob Odenkirk. Odenkirk, I know. (laughs) Which is unlikely because they both spell and pronounce their names differently. Oh, man. Um, But this this cast does seem like they're having fun. Obviously, I do think Tim Robbins is like the type of actor where like he needs the script. Like the script is there for him to help formalize his character. Whereas Martin Lawrence probably took what was on the page and created that character himself. Uh, I have a slightly different theory. Oh, okay, yes. Which is that this movie was maybe written for and or previously offered to other talent. 
and we end up with this cast because of it's a weak script so a lot of people pass on it but at certain points i was seeing live and i i don't want to take anything away from martin lawrence as we both effused he's our favorite part of this movie but i was like oh that's man imagine eddie murphy doing that that's an eddie murphy line and maybe it's just yeah, because I'm actually I, trying to see if there was anyone else. Take a look. It, it probably it's just because of my recency bias, having just watched Meet Dave for the first <laughs> time. But you know. Anyways, uh, and uh, like I it mentioned, say. I think that so the stuff, the physical humor, and maybe kind of the the weirdness of the concept could be elevated by Jim Carrey. Am I out of line here? Because I feel like Carrie might have looked too young at this time to play the role, but I do like that. His type of humor would have been super interesting as Nick. That's what I'm saying. I also like to take it down down a little bit. I would have liked to see Bruce Willis in this role, um, but mm, it, it, that would feel too curmudgeony. This is what I'm saying. And the character's doing both of those things. And Jim Carrey, you know, to reference the pillar of his career, whatever, stuff like Liar Liar or, you know, he can Which do- I'm sure he was making Liar Liar at this time. You're probably right. But he can do these really insane high concept things where it's like, okay, the guy who robs him now is in on the heist, right? Mm -hmm. Again, Eddie Murphy can do a super high concept thing. They're kind of at different- points in no, their I'm, careers I'm, and so, super busy but like i'm very into that casting though i'm curious what eddie murphy could have done with this i bet i bet he would have wanted a better script like he because he was a big actor at this time so he could push for give me this writer to come do rewrites on this story where oh. mark lawrence was not big at all he was he had a few things but nothing too crazy he had a major hit sitcom and um but, but that's tv though that mm -hmm. is not movies he did have bad boys but that also had will smith who was the fucking fresh prince that's tv though i know i know but the <clears throat> fresh prince was one of the biggest tv shows ever compared to martin okay. martin was well not nothing damn gina I, I, damn gina damn gina i do love martin man i'm not gonna lie but i also love fresh prince more well i, I don't need to decide but <laughs> then i think out of both of those i would choose wayne's bros i love the <laughs> wayne's bros show man i loved it so much <laughs> i i gotta tap out here <laughs> nope lost you with that one well, no, because I was trying to decide between the joke answer of like, man, I'm a I'm a Hughley's fam. I'm a uh, Hughley's fam, or like, for keep me, it going. hanging with Mr. Cooper. But you know, sometimes <laughs> I just gotta, um, and I, I can't remember the name of the one with the dude with Steve Harvey. What was Steve Harvey's show? Wasn't it just the Steve Harvey show? <laughs> it probably was, yeah. <laughs> But you know which one, honest, it's not it's not at all the same, but Girlfriends is my favorite um, show of all time, maybe that launched a lot of careers or involved a lot of people who are super famous. And for some reason, we just like, don't talk about that show like it exists. It just had a resurgence. Like it, it, I'm sure it, it did. It just Good. got put on like Netflix or something and people have been watching it. Good. That show is um, um, a bonkers delight of like 
sitcom and uh, soap opera, and I've been professing my love of soap opera. So, mm. um, so I guess he had one full leading role right before Nothing to Lose, and it was a thin line between love and hate, and obviously Bad Boys. But that was such a he. That was a, a co-starring thing. Like there was another big actor attached to that. But thin thin line between love and hate, him and Lynn Whitfield, and then nothing to lose. And then from there, boom, he like starts doing life, Blue Streak, Big Mama's House, What's the Worst That Can Happen, Black Knight, National Security, Bad Boys 2, Rebound. Damn, dude, he just like shot off after that moment. He must have been doing three movies a year. It feels like it. And like that's good for him too, because there was that whole like incident with him in LA like where he supposedly like ran in the middle of Ventura Boulevard with a gun and like mm. losing his mind and shit or something I don't even know the whole story I just remember hearing about that you know I'm sure was... it was nothing what the press said it was but no I'm sure it wasn't and I always think about in relation to that event there's somewhere I don't remember where it was but Dave Chappelle was talking about it and he was saying that people like Martin and people like Britney, people that you only got to say one name to know them by, they're some of the most powerful human beings on earth. Like you have to be to get to that position. Absolutely. So to bring somebody that is capable of commanding the attention of everybody in the world, essentially, to bring mm-hmm. them to the point where they have broken is... It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. You know, like what does that take to, to accomplish? I to not accomplish that, but like, the, just the the amount of pressure that that uh, person that that mind is under is uh, daunting to think about. Man, Hollywood is a hideous bitch god, according to George Burns. Right? Isn't that the line? Yes. It is. Sorry if you hear music playing. My neighbor's just blasting music right now. I don't hear it, but uh, let's rock out together. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, no, just I'm, I like Martin Lawrence a lot. And I think he deserves more movies. I think he deserves more movies. I wish this was uh, maybe kind of more of a better movie. I do yeah. like a lot of things that are going on in this movie, though. Like the, uh, you know, I'm always happy to see Mama, uh, sorry, <laughs> Mama, Michael McKeon. Mama. Uh, yeah, my, my mama, Michael McKeon. Yeah, Michael McKeon, Giancarlo Esposito, so, John, John C. McGinley. I'm watching this movie and they, they slap down that sketch. And that I was like, paper and do the cross dissolve to them walking in. <laughs> yeah. But were they describing Martin Short and, or sorry, Martin Lawrence? No, they Lawrence? were describing Giancarlo Esposito okay, cool, and cool. John C. McGinley. Right they on. are the desert robbers that are going around robbing mini stores and shit. I was like, that sketch looks like Giancarlo Esposito and John C. <laughs> McGinley. Wait, whoa. <laughs> um, and so then, that was a, a real fun moment for me. And their whole presence in this movie is, is pretty freaking great. They're a lot of fun. I, I really love the moment of Martin on the chair on the balcony. And the, he's tethered to the door with the sheet. Yeah, yeah, classic stuff. Oh, man. That, 
that moment I love so much. Uh, and I just want one more shout out and an RIP to Kelly Preston. Hmm. Yeah, uh, she died recently last year, or was it this year? It was, it was some somewhere in the I void of the last 18 to 24 yeah, months, yeah. depending on your lifestyle and <laughs> but, yeah, crazy seeing her here this like this might have been the first time i've ever seen her like i had ever seen her in a movie hmm. it feels right uh um and then uh who's the other actress rebecca rebecca gayhart uh, yeah she's a, you know again fun to see her show up but she's a symptom just like the actual like the johnny c's the, or the john carlos and the <clears throat> john c mcginley's are not like they show up in this movie and they just completely drop out and then they pop back in yeah. and you're like oh right right, 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 right. rebecca gayhart literally goes away from the first act and comes back at the like end of the second act or maybe even the beginning of the third act she just completely is gone and comes back for that one moment just to give some more story for nick yeah exactly <laughs> to humanize him a little bit because eh, whatever <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. love the line uh best show cops i love it best show cops <laughs> and also in my lore as a youth the 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 why are you smacking me? You sm Big Mama smacking me so hard. <laughs> Why you keep smacking me, Mama? Why you keep smacking me, Mama? That's the one. It was in my brain as a 12-year-old. I just would like not stop just being said out loud. I'm sure I got detention <laughs> at least Love once. And, and she Why Robins, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good scene. Don't talk back to your mother. So good. You got anything else? No, I don't. I, I could just talk about funny lines, really. There's no real trivia about this movie. The script is a little weak, and Martin Lawrence brings out the best of this script, I feel yeah. like. Giancarlo Esposito and uh, John C. McGinley are pretty fucking good, though. I could watch a whole movie about their characters. I'm saying, yeah, if they, they just... It would be, be a completely different type of comedy, though. It wouldn't be that, like, sticky buddy... Uh, comedy it could be more of like a comedy action movie since i'm pitching different movies on this one i'm going with uh like something in the vein of like the cohen brothers you know if they're doing a uh, raising arizona type uh, you know okay. i like that yeah that, i would watch that if that were, they were side characters and we got their own spinoff <laughs> let's watch you know what? Let's watch a TV show instead of season five of Fargo. Let's get season one of Giancarlo Esposito and John C. McGinley are grimy criminals in the eighties in the American West and like fucking Wyoming and you know and call it nothing to lose, man. Done. That's the end of the show. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>